Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. <laughs> Everyone's got someone giving them cash. Are we good to go now? Oh, yeah. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, joined by Marcus Parks. I'm so honored to have today's guest with us. It's been way too long. He's an international journalist. He works for Voice of America. He has a new show called Tablet. Check that out. Saman Arbabi is with us. Well, thanks for having me, sir. Thanks for being here, Saman. So, thanks what for a- calling me every time some shit goes down really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. I have to call all of my Iranian friends anytime there's an international <laughs> the terrorist I- incident. My friend Sina John, who's a great, uh, he's the co-host of The Brighter Side, sent out a tweet. Uh, he was in the movie theater, and he tweeted at Ed Larson, also from The Brighter Side, saying, you're right, Eddie, this movie did make me scream in the theater. And I texted him, I said, you shouldn't scream in theaters right now, <laughs> so, uh, uh, Sita. Do you're not, not do it. reading the news, are you? Right. Uh, the second I read the news in, in Paris, while it was happening, because people were live tweeting, I'm like, oh, Ben's going to call me any minute. So. Any minute. I, I just have to figure out what's happening. <laughs> of course. Thanks. Right. So obviously, Do we know what's happening? <laughs> a little bit. You more than most people in the world. So uh, obviously a terrible atrocity happened in Paris, France. People just trying to have a good evening uh, this past Friday. Uh, Friday the 13th, and what an ominous Friday the 13th it was. Seven different terrorist attacks uh, took, uh, took place. ISIS, um, the largest attack on European soil. Would you say so? Uh, I would disagree. What, a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Like in Spain and England, all at the same time happening? Mm. Yeah, I think that was the seven seven uh, two. Uh, that would be yeah, the two thousand seven bombings, yeah, where the bus, the tube, all that type all of stuff, all all went off at the same time. And once. Spain was pretty bad because they started blowing up all the trains and stuff. But this is also this is even, this is a new defined. That was Al Qaeda. So yeah, me, right. you might be right because now we're talking about ISIS. Exactly, Al Qaeda's a good guy now. Which that just proves how terrible ISIS is. We want to have Al Qaeda. We're welcoming them, welcoming welcoming them into our home as if they're a good friend right. at this point. Mm-hmm. And Taliban's right now. Like a saint level. Oh, they're phenomenal. We can't get enough of the Taliban. They're great. (laughs) All right. So uh, because of the attacks uh, in France, uh, Allende, Allende, the president over there, they they don't pronounce the H. No, it's Holland. Holland. Well, whatever. They don't pronounce the H. They closed their borders for the first time since 1944. They had a curfew for the first time since 1944. Of course, this uh, involves World War III. So the question and the premise that I want to discuss today is, did this attack... In France, uh, did was this the beginning of World War Three? Wow! 
I'm worried what to say right now because if I say yes, some shit might really happen. And if I say, <laughs> I don't know. The it's French just World War w- three. The French just went in. They just bombed Iraq. They bombed uh, Raqqa, I believe. Yeah, in they Iraq. were beasting the, today. The, the uh, ISIS capital. They destroyed it. It's it's complete and utter rubble. Uh, Marcus, you were saying before the show, the French don't get enough credit for being. Uh, Hawks, they, they they can murder. Oh yeah, the mad, like the French really don't get enough credit for being very good at war. Oh, no, it's they're not fantastic. All, yeah, yeah. Most of the that's because most of the stuff they do is in Africa, and Africa doesn't yeah. get much attention. But they were beasting in um, Sierra Leone. They were beasting in Kenya and Mali. In Mali, they wiped it out. Right. Mali had issues a couple of years ago, if you don't remember, uh, and the, go- the government couldn't do, do anything until the French went in, and they just cleaned it up. Mm-hmm. So the French military uh, can certainly handle this on their own. Do you Absolutely. think that's something? They're in the top five in the world. And now with the French, obviously— um, They don't need us. They don't need shit. You don't—okay, so— I the, don't know what, why, why Obama's saying, I'll do anything you want me to do. There's nothing we, we can do that the French can't— You don't think that the U.S. needs to go and support the French when it comes to the war on ISIS? Do you think that we should maintain the uh, limited foot presence, uh, the limited— um, uh, footprint that we have right now in the region in Syria and Iraq. See, my my thing is, I don't think you could get rid of ISIS with these drones and stuff. Like we killed the leader of uh, ISIS leader in Libya yesterday. So what? There's going to yeah. be a whole bunch of. I don't think you can do anything about it unless you put some troops in there on the so ground. So is this? Did the attack in France mark the beginning of the end for ISIS? Did they piss off the wrong people? I don't know if it would be the beginning of the end, but it's definitely going to. It's it's going to heat things up a little bit more. I think everyone's going to reevaluate their approach with ISIS, uh, especially, I would say, like the French, the Canadians, the Americans, and the Brits. Right. That's interesting that you mentioned the Canadians. Obviously, Trudeau just got elected. He's an extremely left uh, liberal leader. Do you think, do you see the French, because they just recently pulled out entirely of the Middle East, they washed their hands of the whole situation, do you see them putting their uh, putting some boots on the ground? Do you think that we can actually build a, tr- a true coalition, the one that uh, W. Bush bragged about in 2001 after the attacks on 9-11, do you think that now around the French, a true coalition of European allies and Western power, do you think will come together and, uh, and take a hold and take control of that region, Syria and Iraq? I think we have had one but i think it's going to be taken more serious now it's going to be it's going to be the next step i think we already i mean the french were involved the french already are arming the uh, rub, the syrian rebels right and I, that's what the isis claimed it's this is a revenge about like all your presence in the middle east and all that stuff but i think this is going to bring these guys together even more because this is going to leak into other countries i mean we should worry about it even in the states i think so right. i think most people will take it more serious and it, it'll be a better teamwork hopefully like where do you we, think would be next as far as europe i mean obviously the i guess the obvious next target would be someplace i guess that we don't really think about but belgium uh is you know brussels right up the yeah. road you know amsterdam right up the road like these yeah. are you know very well the uh, eighth guy who they're looking for uh lived in belgium yeah so and they there were a bunch of arrests but i mean europe that's the thing in europe they're so close and and the borders are so loose right like for the french to close the borders it is a big deal because in in europe you don't carry a passport. You just get in, get, in, get in a car and hop from one country to another. So, How do you think that's going to uh, you know, have an impact on the refugee crisis right now coming out of Syria? The Germans opened up their door. Uh, Merkel yep. said, come on in, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and, and people were flooding uh, into Germany. There was a great article that I 800, read. 800,000. 800,000 people flooding into Germany. A great article I read about how the Germans were upset because the refugees weren't appreciative enough. <laughs> so when a German is, is nice to you, they're really yeah. just, you know, no, just preparing right. to be upset 
with you for not showing enough there was uh, appreciation. There a village I read about uh, in Germany with 150 residents, and they're accepting over 300-some Syrian refugees. So this changes the <laughs> entire face of the culture. Well, it is a problem because uh, ISIS publicly said that when you open your borders to the refugees, we will have people in them coming in. And this is a big problem because you never know who's coming in and who's coming out. So how do you find common ground? How do you find compromise between being sympathetic towards the families, being sympathetic towards the people who just want to uh, have a normal life in war-torn Syria, they have to get out, and the people who are infiltrating the refugees to then go pull off an attack that was similar to Paris. If you're in power... How do you balance the... Uh, and the worst part is also be respectful of people's civil liberties. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, not tap into people's shit and figure out what's going on. ISIS was uh, uh, praying the Paris attack 72 hours on social media before we had the hashtag of Pray for Paris. And we didn't know what the fuck What do you mean they were, pray, they were doing hashtag Pray for Paris in sort of a uh, no, in mockery and irony? Uh, they, I forgot what the exact message was, but ISIS was 72 hours before the attack was saying, God bless our, our soldiers on their new mission or some shit like this. Right. Basically saying something's about to happen. And no one knew what the hell they're talking about. Do you think that uh, in Europe, that the countries now that were previously more accepting of the idea of Syrian refugees coming and seeking refuge in their countries, do you think that they are going to have a much more, I suppose, conservative uh, immigration position? I don't know. They should, though. I honestly don't know. You believe that? They, yeah, because it's a big problem, especially if ISIS is straight up telling you that we are going to be present in those groups. Well, one person, uh, they know at least one mm-hmm. uh, one attacker uh, was just another faceless per, uh, refugee uh, that right. came in with all the rest of them. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, and it's also to say who is, who, uh, who's to say who in that crowd is, is Syrian and who's just looking to get into Belgium or looking to get into Germany or looking right. to get into France. Especially in a fucked up place where you can buy a passport for like five ninety nine. Well, that's the thing. You know, you have the liberal side. I there have was, one. There was a great, you have a fake passport? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Isolate the foot. Marcus, we've got one. We've got an ISIS in our presence. Woo! Finally. <laughs> Turns out they love flautas right here at the <laughs> Creek in the Cave in Long Island City. Come and check them out. Um, there was a great article in The Atlantic discussing a Syrian refugee, and it was sympathetic to his cause. At the end of the article, he ends up getting a fake passport and being able to enter whatever country he wanted mm. to enter. So at the end of the article, you're kind of like, uh, sh- that's extremely illegal yeah. at the same time and, and very dangerous if this person mm. can get one really anyone can do you think that what's, what happened now in Paris obviously they're on lockdown for the first time since World War II do you see ISIS having any regret for their decision or is this just something that they have gotten exactly what they wanted this is exactly what they wanted and they, why does want- ISIS want to piss off the most powerful militaries in the world because they're sort of getting all the attention that they want, and they're kind of like just pissing on their faces right now. They're they're winning this game on social media, and they're right. getting all the attention they want. And they just whatever every time they do anything, they succeed. Are I they mean, a doomsday cult? They are. I mean, all the Abrahamic religions are doomsday cults, right? And like, these guys, they, but do you think these guys are actively trying to bring about, or yeah. believe that they're actively trying to bring about the end times? They do, uh, because that's that's the whole that's the whole. Uh, thing behind the caliphate. This mm-hmm. this guy Baghdadi, who he's the he's the latest caliphate, and he's he's the leader of the Muslim world, awaiting doomsday, and it's about to happen. Right. So these guys are the soldiers who are going to be part of this whole thing. And when you uh, and a caliphate, can you explain that just really quick? Uh, it's 
Okay, so to become a caliphate, you have to be related to the Qureshi okay. family, which is linked to Prophet Muhammad, and you have to be a soldier, a warrior. Uh, so these are some of the stuff so is El- you need to on your resume. And he's, he, he is. He yeah. is. Yes, he is. He claims to be. He's originally from I mean, Iraq. Do you go on Ancestry.com and <laughs> click on a couple of leafs and then find out you're related to Muhammad? Or how does that work? Whatever whatever he did, it worked. Because is it possible that I could go over there and, and, and start a <laughs> caliphate and just be like, I guarantee it, you know? For you, it would be a little bit harder. I'd say you have to dye your hair and lose about a three feet so, from your neck. Oh, I see. <laughs> so you're saying this is a whole like King Ralph type of situation. Who's King Ralph? The John Goodman movie. The John Goodman movie. <laughs> he was a distant relative of a king. I oh. like the reference. <laughs> okay, because I thought maybe... It I'm... was for you. I mean, <laughs> it was for you. Thank you very much. And I loved it. And he set up a bowling alley uh, very, very similar to how Richard Nixon uh, was living during his yeah, presidency. So these guys are thinking this is the end... Well, the end of the world is coming. And they're struggling. Right. They're in jihad right now. Dr- jihad means uh, struggle. Right. And this is the thing right now. So you have Al-Qaeda, you have Taliban, you have, uh, you know, institutions like Hezbollah, who were the previous enemies. They were the they were the face of evil. And now the U.S., the Russians, the Iranians, Assad, are all looking to these more moderate groups, which is just crazy. After 2001, after 9-11, the idea that now it's 2015 and we're calling the Taliban uh, moderate we're not who even has, talking about who that. has shifted? <laughs> Actually, we are talking. Who, to them. But who did, did the Taliban change, or has ISIS just completely flanked them uh, uh, to the right, or did the Taliban become a little bit more? You know, once you have a little bit of power for a little bit of, uh, of a longer time, you start to have more of a moderate position because you are trying to govern. This is a new generation of terrorism. Talibans were the uh, former mujahideens from back in the day. They fought in the eighties, and you know, these yeah. are the kids that were born in the nineties. So and and ISIS comes from Iraq and Syria. Mm-hmm. So Taliban was a bunch of foreign fighters from these Arab countries in in Afghanistan fighting the infidels and the Soviet Union back then. Right. Now so it's a were- whole different thing. Now it's about their own territory in the Middle East and the caliphate and leading the world against uh, Western. Corruption. One of the things with uh, with ISIS, you know, a lot of people discuss, and a lot of people on the left here, which just drives me insane. And I understand you have to uh, find the root cause of these problems in order to snuff it out. But much like they did with Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris in the Columbine attacks in 1999, the initial media response was they were victims. Mm-hmm. They were the ones who were being bullied, so they had to go shoot up a school. And now you have the situation in Paris. You have what happened, uh, what's happening with ISIS, and a lot of people are saying ISIS is recruiting disaffected youths. Yes. It's, because of, uh, it's because of global racism. It's because of global economic strife. It's because of inequality of wealth. That's why these people are joining ISIS. I was a disaffected youth, and I listened to Pantera. That's what I did. I chose to get into heavy metal music. I didn't go uh, choose to join a terrorist organization. And by the way, that joke I just said crushed on Twitter. Um, (laughs) Do you give any credence to the idea that the people that ISIS are recruiting are somehow victims in their own right? The idea of believing that ISIS members were bullied in high school and now they're reacting is insane. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think that's true. What's well, driving, I, well, what's I think driving what he, the what recruitment? He said, I mean, what he's saying is that, you know, he compared Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris to like, being bullied. Uh, is what people are saying is that these are creations of the Iraq wars. That these people that, you know, you say these are the new generation. They're born in the 90s. That means they grew up during the Iraq war, the American invasion. And that's right. what they're talking about. That these people, and I think 
There is. I mean, it's definitely not excusable, but no. there is an absolute correlation between that. But they're really. In I mean, my when opinion, five of your relative, when all of your relatives are killed by you know U.S. soldiers or drone strikes, or sure. you see the uh, effects of radiation poisoning upon you know the people right. in your, they're, you're going to be pissed off. Not saying it's right, but. There is a correlation. I flat out blame religion for this, and it's right. a very unpopular thing to say. And this stupid hashtag, uh, or whatever the saying it is on, on the internets now, it's uh, r- terrorism has no religion. It's like one of the stupidest things I've heard <laughs> since, like, you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense because right. Islamism, the ism, is abs- directly connected to Islam. It is. And whether we like it or not, it's just how it is. And the terrorist acts are a symptom of it. Right. And I, it's not just about Islam. We've had this throughout our history in all religion, religions. Mm-hmm. And this is like another one. So right now the issue is with Islam. Back in the day it used to be with the Catholic Church or whatever. So that, But it's we don't want to offend people's, I guess, religion so we don't talk about it. But I, to me, right. these guys are very genuine. And I think they're not necessarily just very evil people. I think they're just very stupid, and they're taking their book very literal. Right. And, you know, I, I, I understand your premise, Marcus, and this is what people are saying on, uh, you know, many people are saying, you know, these are the reasons for their actions. But, again, compl- does not excuse their actions whatsoever. Oh, no, I grew up in an abusive home. I think they I, believe in what they're doing. They do believe yeah. in what they're doing. I grew up in an abusive home, and I, I would desperately the uh, same hope reason- not to have an abusive home uh, when I become a father or whatever it might be. You try to change uh, the past. Right. What is re- what is the recruitment for ISIS? How are they getting so many people to become so militarized and so, um, you know, uh, convinced in their cause? What is it? I think mostly all of us, men especially, growing up, we always had, we always romanticized about the, being a revolutionary, right. with the whole Che Guevara t-shirts and stuff like that. But now with the uh, internet and the social media and the attention these people are getting, uh, I think it's becoming a, a, a magnet for actually acting on these issues for maybe one out of 20 people that would act on it. So now right. they have a hub, a place to go to, and they're getting a lot of reaction for it. You were in, uh, it was 2004, I believe. We saw the footage. We were watching it at Cena John's house. Again, great friend. And uh, it was the footage of the young man who uh, was Western educated. His favorite actor was Mel Gibson. And uh, there was a picture of Payback. Uh, you remember that in the uh, in the uh, video store, there was a, there was a photo of Payback, the new Mel, Bix, uh, Mel Gibson movie, and they were you were speaking with him, and he he, sp- uh, he spoke fluent English better than I speak. And at some point, the question was asked, would he become a suicide bomber? And he said, if if I was so lucky, if, yeah, if yeah, God yeah. allowed me to, if God allowed me to. So, what is it intrinsically in the culture? Is it is it glorified amongst young men the same way that we glorify professional athletes, the same yeah. way that we glorify uh, celebrity uh, reality stars? Are these people to them? Well, we glorify Veterans Day. We glorify Veterans so, Day. Yeah, death. But not really. I mean, we don't really glorify Veterans Day. It's something you hashtag so you feel a little bit good because your uncle lost a toe yeah, but, but, during the invasion he, of, in 1991 I, in Kuwait. I'm, I'm saying losing your life for a cause, whichever side you want to take, is always romanticized. And it's a thing. You yeah. want your face to end up on a T-shirt when you die for for a cause or some something stupid. So these guys are are the same. And they believe in what they're doing. They They truly believe in it. And I think religion, to me, is the main issue here. 
I could talk about it forever. But well, go people- on. Why, why is religion the main issue and not these? Because no one, again, like you mentioned, no one discusses religion because you don't want to be Islamophobic. You, you don't want to be any, any kind of phobic. Well, because most you, people, you know, A, are, are, are religious to begin with. So if you question one, you have to question all of them. And mm, also they're afraid. Yeah. That's I a think good there's point. quite a few people coming out and saying, very few. And getting very vocal about uh, getting like against Islam, against you know Muslims and and all of that. People, it's very unpopular. No, it's very, uh, it's very unpo- Well, it's, it's very, unpopular very unpopular among people we know. You know, here in New the York Quran, City, it's very unpopular. But back in say down in Florida, or back in Texas, yes. it's pretty goddamn popular. The Quran demands jihad. You can actually sit down and talk to an ISIS member, and they would make more sense to you about their cause and everything behind it and the thought behind it than 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 Hillary Clinton. They can absolutely convince you based on what they know and what they read okay. from the book that what they're doing is true. And you can't argue with them because, in their view, they're absolutely correct. Channel it. Can you channel it? Why? Why do you want to? Why do you want to join ISIS if you're if you are if a, you're a true believer? What would they say? What would be their answer? I'm the I'm fighting evil. Right. And God has asked upon me to do this, and I'm willing to lose my life for it. Right. It's just simple as that. They they truly see the West as an evil power yeah. that's oppressed the East. And I have no idea why people don't read history enough, but apparently the last 1,400 years of Sunnis killing Shiites has a du- is a direct result of George Bush's invasion of Iraq for some reason. Right. But the history has been like this forever. I mean, the Middle East wasn't like Switzerland 1,400 years ago. This shit's been going on forever. And we've had the same issues in Northern Ireland amongst the Catholics and the Protestants or whatever. It's, it's, it's an ongoing battle between religions and the different sects right. because religion is sectarian. Right. So who is it that is who is it that are telling these kids that this is what you have to do? Because they're, they're getting the ideas from somewhere. Like, who is it that's, that's gathering them okay, up for example, and sending them to France? That's a good question. For, yeah. all right, for me, okay, I would, I would go back all the way to uh, the biggest evil behind ISIS, and that would be the Saudi government. It, it's all those mosques and fundamentalist organizations that the Saudis are funding inside their country and around the world in Pakistan and other places, mm. building these churches, these madrasas, whatever they are, and these clerics who are preaching anti-Western and anti-Jewish rhetoric and crap like that. And obviously, They're not teaching physics in these classes. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell you that one. Well, they're they're teaching chemistry uh, for for bombs. That's that's for certain. Um, and obviously, the Saudis, uh, huge allies for the United States. Even though what was it, sixteen out of the eighteen, fifteen out of the eighteen, or nineteen uh, hijackers? Yeah, sixteen out of nineteen. We, we all the Saudi know Saudi people so do not like their government. Do the Saudi Arabian? Does the Saudi government, the uh, whatever, the kingdom? Do they benefit from the instability in Syria and Iraq and Yemen and all these places? Does this actually help? They them? do, yeah. Because and how does that help them? And why would it? Why would it be in their best interest to maintain the chaos? Okay. So every time something happens in the Middle East and a couple of people rise up in Saudi Arabia and protest against their government, the Saudis immediately, first of all, they they pay people money and then yeah. they're like, okay, okay, you're unhappy, we'll give you two extra thousand dollars a month. And second, they point the finger towards countries like Iraq and Syria and say, look. Shut up or we'll be like them. Mm-hmm. The country will end up being like them. So this is this is really good compared to what could happen. Mm-hmm. And that's how they shut people up. Iran does the same thing. They immediately point the finger at the neighboring country and saying, look, we're protecting you. None of this is happening here because we know what we're doing. Meanwhile, and that's exactly Assad's uh, point. Right. So Assad's saying either me or ISIS. 
And the smart people are saying, no, neither one of you, because ISIS wouldn't even be at this point if you were a good guy and you didn't exist to begin let's, with. And let's go to Assad for a second. Do you think that history has shown Barack Obama's decision not to go into Syria a year and a half ago, two years ago, roughly? Do you think history has shown that to be a good decision to not oust Assad? I think it was a good decision for that time. And you can't say he should have, would have, whatever now. Because George Bush fucked up so bad in the Middle East yeah. that Obama, even if like there was a nuclear threat, we should not have put boots on the ground over there. And he did, he did the right thing by not going in there. And you don't think that w- that allowed uh, you know ISIS to go in, recruit, and sort of fester for a longer amount of time, and like any infection, grow and grow and grow, and uh, and were they were able to. Uh, to, Obama uh, should do a couple of things. He should close Gitmo because that's one of the— Well, they pretty much do have it closed. I mean, I think at this point there's just, just enough for a soccer team. Just finish They it. have a little soccer well, field there that they get to Yeah, play but on. Gitmo was a big issue. A lot of uh, Americans lost their heads on YouTube because of Gitmo. Slightly yeah. symbolic in my opinion, right. but yeah. yeah. No, no, it's still a good recruiting tool. was right. a recruiting right. tool yeah. forever. Al-Qaeda used it more than ISIS. Right. That's what the whole orange jumpsuit is. They still they still drown people and cut their heads with the jumpsuit. But oh, uh, is that what that's all about? Yeah, it's a it's okay. a symbolic thing pointing at Gidmo uh, uh, prison prisoners. And the other thing is they should just arm the fuck out of the Kurds. Just give them everything. Because right now the Kurds are the only people who are willing to fight because they have something to gain out of this thing. And what do the Kurds have to gain? They want to gain their own fucking independence. And they're basically ruling big chunks of northern Iraq as Kurdistan, not even Iraq. And now let's give a little context there. So you have the Sunnis, the Shiites, and the Kurds. Which one is the minority? Which one is the majority? And which one is in the middle? Okay, so the Kurds are mixed up between a whole bunch of different stuff. They have uh, Yazidis. They have Sunnis. They have Shiites. They have different uh, Muslims, but they're more nationalistic than religiously oh, okay. uh, divided. They used to be, but now because of that, because of their common interest in in having their own opportunity to have a country, they're tw- 25 million people. They're the largest minority group in the world world without a country. They're split up between five countries: Iran, Iraq, Syria. Turkey and Armenia. So you would like you think that the uh, the Kurdish people have enough intestinal fortitude to, the steal a ta- to steal a term from Mick Foley, a great professional wrestler. So but far, they're the best fighters we got. They have they, because they actually have stake they in the fight. game. They have, they have skin in the game, and they want the region. They've gained grounds. They know the the place, and they have something to lose. Are they? We should not send like a hundred thousand soldiers over there. But now we have a situation. Uh, where Putin is expanding his... I almost drank my microphone. That's good. Drink it. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, black wine. Um, I don't know what that is. It's a black microphone. It does, it's not going to translate. It's called the African-American <laughs> wine, band. No, it doesn't. Never mind. It doesn't. The, the, the listeners loved it. Um, it was very visual. That's yeah, why. It was too visual. I didn't explain it right. Um, but we have Putin's foothold over in the region right now. Uh, He's a fucking... I was going to say something. My wife is back there. She doesn't like me saying cocksucker. <laughs> he is a cocksucker, and I guarantee that. Um, don't you think that we have to take? Don't I mean whatever Putin does? Don't we have to mirror it to some degree? And then and then Trump Putin's had a whole different sort of interest. Uh, What's Putin's interest in Syria? Okay, Syria is the only country in the Middle East after World War One and World War Two that didn't fall into the West. 
Syria was the only country that went immediately to the Russians, and that's their only foothold in the Middle East. And they want to keep it. So as long right. as they, they need to have Assad in there, because if Assad goes, it means that a Western government would come in and uh, uh, he's going to lose his foothold but in the Middle would East. A Western, that's uh, why government... he was supporting Syria against Israel. The only country in the world at the time that was supporting the Arabs against the Israelis mm-hmm. was the, the Russians. I mean, the Russians are known to be always the good guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. Um, so the situation there, obviously now we have come full circle and we must support Assad as well, right? The US no. foreign, So the U.S. foreign policy does not support Assad in this situation. Nope. Wouldn't you think, well, I mean, when, when we put Maliki in power in, uh, in Iraq, that just fell apart. If, if what, the idea that a Western government would go into Syria and succeed, sure, we can prop up some paper government, but the idea that it's not going to be burnt down uh, immediately right. doesn't seem to hold up to uh, historical scrutiny. And this is actually where the Russians make more sense than the Westerns, because they're like, you have no solution. You want to get rid of both. Then what? Like, what right. are you gonna, and, and that's what we say. We're like, well, we definitely have to do something about Syria, but we want to get rid of ISIS and Assad. And, you know, and this is why the Russians are making more sense because at least, like, like you can't just go in and totally get rid of everything there is. And right. It's already a fucking clusterfuck. What's your plan? What, what, do you, what do we want to do after that? Like, how do you expect it not to become worse than Iraq? It actually is Syria right now, worse than Iraq, probably is. Uh, we don't have a real plan. So the, the idea of saying we got to get rid of both is sort of like half of the answer, but what's the other half? The other so half you, is like, what do we want to, like, what, who are we going to put in charge? Like Maliki, who right. was a fucking disaster. Total nightmare, yeah. So that's why we don't know what we're talking about, and this is where the Russians are making more sense around the so world. So going back to the World War Two, uh, now World War Three idea, you know, the the, uh, the allies during World War Two are insane. The, the Chinese, the Russians, and the United States were all getting along. The Japanese were the world's worst people on the face of the planet. So do we see another situation where we have previous enemies forced to come together in order to destroy this uh, ISIS entity? I think not, because um, the common enemy is ISIS. Even the Russians admitted, and after France, Putin's like, we've got to work with the Americans to get rid of ISIS. Meanwhile, he was bombing the, uh, the wrong guys. But the problem is uh, the, the Russians want to get rid of ISIS and keep Putin. We want to get rid of ISIS. Keep Assad. Uh, Assad, sorry. Uh, the Americans want to get rid of uh, Assad and ISIS. Right. So there's no common agreement between the two causes. We know for a fact that we've got to get rid of one. Now, right. what's the next step is something that the Iranians are against getting rid of Assad, the Chinese, and the mm-hmm. Russians. So because Putin went into Syria um, a couple of months back and really has started to uh, attack ISIS before this attack in uh, in Paris, he sort of has a leg up on the United States. Would you say Not so? Not really, no, because we've been involved in air attacks far more than ru- the Russians. Uh, we've been fucking – we have – all these drones and airplanes and everything above we've had it for a long time so we've been bombing the shit out of ISIS for a while mm-hmm. Putin just wanted to like show off his balls and be like I'm still around and he sent a couple of fucking tanks and a couple of planes in there but he didn't really have a real purpose either and from what we understand he didn't even bomb anything significant you don't think he has the purpose he doesn't want to go into the Baltic nations and things like that and expand uh, the Russian he empire definitely does but this I mean he truly wants to be there he doesn't want the Russians to ever leave the US is always right. like we're gonna go in and we're gonna get 
get out. We never actually get out. Um, but we, uh, you Russia know, certainly mess things up. He's flexing as Johnson again, trying to say, like, you know, we're back. And yeah. where there's conflict, if the Americans are going to be involved, we're going to be involved too. But you got to understand one thing. After the Cold War, the Russians significantly fell back behind in military stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the technology, which in today's advancements, if you fall behind 10, 20 years, that's a significant amount of time to catch up. So they're not as powerful as the world thinks they are. Yeah, they have a bunch of nukes and stuff like that. But as far as like where we are with our military and where the Russians are, it's not even comparable. If I'm not mistaken, I think they spend like $50 billion a year uh, on defense. We spend $800 billion. Mm-hmm. So just do the math. It's, you know, but they are a big player because they're part of the uh, P5. Right. And historically, they've always been involved in Syria. They've been arming Syria for a very long time. What and happened, right now, they have interest. What happens if the U.S. just allows uh, the Russians to kind of take the lead on the war against ISIS in that region? That would be the dumbest thing ever. You don't ever want the Russians to take the lead in anything. <laughs> right. But, I mean, it does seem to be sort of a similar uh, – it does seem to be the situation right now. Right before the terror, uh, the terror attacks in Paris, Barack Obama proclaimed ISIS contained, which uh, I, don't know, I don't know what evidence uh, he had. I'm sure he had a lot more than I do. He's talking about ISIS. Him. In Brooklyn. ISIS in Brooklyn. Yeah, they're in apartment 1B on Metropolitan Avenue. We've got them covered. Yep. <laughs> Staring at them right now. They're playing Xbox. No, ISIS is not contained. ISIS is the not contained. The Iranians so why, went what, in there thinking they're going to defeat ISIS. They fucking fell behind. They couldn't do shit. What's the, the motivation for the U.S. president? We have the strongest military on the face of the planet. What's his motivation to proclaim that ISIS is contained when no no foreign leader believes that? And it doesn't seem to be any military experts, generals. Uh, no one believes that to be true. Why would he proclaim ISIS contained? ISIS cannot be contained unless you're on the ground and you're closing in and you basically execute every single one last one of them. You can't. You, they're, they, they're, they're running their own country and we have nothing in there. We drop a couple of bombs once in a while here and there, but that doesn't mean it's going to get rid of them. They're governing their own territory, and it's huge. It's part of Iraq and Syria. They have all sorts. They have their own economy. They're doing their own thing. Yeah, aren't they? They're, they're charging super rich. taxes. They're like charging they're collecting taxes. taxes. Yeah, and I don't know if they're still doing it, but until a year ago, they were actually selling electricity to the Syrian government at the same time they were fighting them. So we're not containing anything. Right. I, I, maybe the air, but they don't have an air force. They don't have a navy, so I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you're ex- the air is contained, definitely. The yeah. air is contained. Yeah, yeah, we got yeah. That. yeah. But uh, the, unless we go in there and it becomes another Fallujah door-to-door, I don't think you're going to get rid of ISIS. You are, you're an expert on Iranian politics and the Iranian government. I'm an expert. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Okay, fine. I'm an expert. Today. I have a deeper voice than you, so people will believe me. <laughs> I am an expert. You are an expert on the Iranian government. What is their stance right now on ISIS, and how are they dealing? Obviously, uh, you know, Obama had – it was an olive branch, the Iran nuclear deal, whether you're for it or against it. Um, it was certainly a uh, the, the U.S. attempting to compromise, and I think we failed fairly miserably in getting what we wanted, but the Iranians seemed to win. Um, so do you feel as if that, you know, in the scope of the Iranian nuclear deal, the U.S. trying to uh, sympathize a little bit more with the regime, them hating ISIS as well, do you see them being uh, more active and more encouraged and truly trying to eradicate ISIS uh, more than if there was a hawkish U.S. government, somebody a little bit more conservative, such as a Donald Trump who proclaimed that he would bomb the shit out of ISIS, <laughs> which is a true quote. Um, do you see the Iranians being a little bit more flexible in their desire to hurt ISIS and, and destroy them? 
Uh, okay. Because the U.S. has sympathized with their cause a little bit more. The Iranians are, are sort of like the Russians, but with a huge difference here. First of all, the Iranians had beef with Taliban and uh, the Wahhabi extremists like ISIS and Al-Qaeda way before we even knew what their names are. So that's that's the common interest that we all have because last thing Iranians want as as a Shiite government or as a Shiite country is because you know ISIS the, their number one enemy mm. uh, are the Shiites in Syria and they stop truck drivers and ask them if they're fucking Shiites or Sunni and they find out they're Shiites they execute them right on the spot. Right. So the last thing Iranians want is the spread of that and leaking into their own sovereignty. So we do have that common interest with them. But the problem with Iran is Iran is also trying to spread its influence and it has succeeded thanks to George Bush in Iraq in Afghanistan as a Shiite pow- as a Shiite power controls largely all of Lebanon and their biggest ally in the Middle East is actually Syria and Assad so again Iran So what's stopping them from just I mean the Iranian military it's no. The Revolutionary Guard. When I was a kid, they the Revolutionary failed. Guard was supposed to be the most powerful goddamn army in the face not. of the planet. That's like a bunch of garbage they feed you to scare the shit out of you. But they've been the Iranian government is like a guerrilla force. A good one, but it's a guerrilla force. In that region, a good one. Yeah. They, Again, because that's Iran how far has, we've gone with ISIS. We have to side with Iran. We're siding with Taliban. We're siding with these previous uh, you know, axis of evil types. To become okay, look, to be a superior military force and this is history you need to be good at two things air and sea you need to have a much better air force than your enemy and you got to be super powerful in sea because that's how you can transfer and go around the world ground actually comes third the iranians have the shittiest air force which is absolutely it doesn't even exist they have jets and fucking crappy airplanes from back Mm. in the shah era which is like three (laughs) or four generations obsolete and Done yeah, that's just a dude waving big. You can uh, buy fans. those on eBay right now <laughs> if you have an, if enough money. Yeah. Okay. And as far as sea goes, the Iranians don't have a fucking navy either. They have a bunch of speedboats that can harass your ass in the water, but they, there's no fucking aircraft carriers and shit like that. Right. So they have a guerrilla force that we thought for a second could go in uh, in Syria and Iraq and get rid of ISIS, and they failed. Their Revolutionary Guards, they lost some high-powered, uh, some general today or some shit. Yeah. They're losing people left and right. The Iranians can't do this. If the would Iranian we, if, military was good, they would have beaten fucking Saddam's military during those eight years. They haven't done much with the embargo their technology is back in World War II era we, we have, have nothing we have the situation that occurred a couple of months back hell maybe even a year ago now where they burned the Jordanian pilots alive ISIS did they burned yeah, them alive that video. they made the YouTube video the Jordanians went over there bombed the hell out of them uh, ISIS bombed the hell out of ISIS and then they killed some Americans this week yeah, uh, and then of course the French—they just did a very similar thing. Do you think what happened with uh, the French in Iraq is it just another flash in the pan reactionary attack, or does this one stick? Because the Jordanians haven't done much since. And uh, do you ever think that there would come a time where the U.S. would actually help Iran build up uh, a weaponry and arsenal? No, in order to fight ISIS, that will never happen. That will never happen. And there's one keyword: Israel. Right. Definitely not going to happen. Right, and why is it, is Israel fighting ISIS on a, uh, on a? Are they very aggressive? No, they're they're actually gaining uh, more 
credibility out of the conflict in, in the Middle So East. what is Israel's, uh, you know, uh, Israel's like, see, I this. told you these are a bunch of savage animals killing each other. So, so let's go build some settlements in yeah. uh, West but Bank. But isn't it in mm. their best interest to... Conflict. Uh, of course, Netanyahu would not be in power if, if yes. fucking Middle East was Switzerland. Definitely yeah. not. That guy had nothing to fight for, nothing to say. But so is it possible that ISIS could get its shit together enough to be a credible threat to Israel? No. Never? No, because the Israeli military is super powerful. They also have, they control the Golan Heights. Golan belonged to the Syrians. They lost it in the 68 war. Uh, to the Israelis and it's a huge buffer zone that now they're saying we'll never give it back because the Middle East will it's an opportunity for them to be like look at the Middle East it's a fucking clusterfuck we're going to keep this so it's sort of a glorified moat around a kingdom the Israelis actually have treated ISIS wounded soldiers in their own hospitals and sent them back as long as there's a conflict over there it's good for the Israelis how do the Saudis and the Israelis our two major allies in the region how are they keeping their they're not hands allies I mean, to us, they are the Saudis and Israelis. No, to the not. United States, I made fun of Benjamin Netanyahu. Oh, no, to the Americans, that's I, what I'm saying. I thought <laughs> you the, no, oh my, Jesus. interesting. Oh, very He's an Iranian again. Ooh. We have him right here, no, in the cave, <laughs> Long Island City. Come no, pick up Saman Arbabi. A very interesting definition of we. Oh, that you have. I thought you meant the Israelis and the Saudis are friends. No, they. I know that they do not like each okay, other, but okay, they have yeah, a yeah. they have a common. They got a friend in us. Mm-hmm. Okay, friends. Yes, how many so of us? The the Saudis and the Israelis and the United States. Obviously, we have a, we have a friendship. How are they maintaining? Uh, how are they keeping their hands clean? When in reality, we've given them so much money to raise up their military, specifically the Israelis. Damn right. Why aren't we using? Why aren't we forcing Netanyahu, per, who proclaims uh, to be this unbelievable war hawk? Why aren't we forcing him to uh, use the weapons that we've given him to fight ISIS? No, last thing you want to fucking get mixed up in this shit fuck is is a Jewish fucking link to it. Last look, the Muslims are already killing each other. Last thing you want is a goddamn Israeli soldiers against. It's going to be like fucking Lebanon's uh, civil war. Yeah, man, you want to talk about a recruiting tool. You know, the Jewish state gets oh, yeah. involved in that. That, that just, would be war. Well, then why are yeah, we arming them? Then why are we giving them so much military goods? Why are we giving themselves. them so much money? I mean, it, no, but they're, they're crushing it. Well, they got a dome. They got what Ronald Reagan wanted for the United States. I well, mean, yeah, dude, billions of dollars of contract. Why why are they? Why are we selling the Saudis so much? The Saudis became the fourth largest military budget in the world this year, beating the Brits. Why, isn't, then why aren't they using the money? That we are giving them for military goods. Why aren't they using it? Why aren't the because Saudis they're then? They're not Jewish. Why don't they go over there and and, and uh, kill ISIS? Because the Saudis, <laughs> the last people in, on this planet that care about the Arab cause are actually the Saudis. They're the most fucked up fucking family in the world. But the but the Israelis, they don't. The last thing you want to do is get involved in something like that. The Israelis are not stupid. They're not going to get involved in in an Arab sh- um, sectarian. Uh, Muslim beef. That's not their cause. It's not. They're gaining out of it. Okay, so we we, look stability in Syria and Lebanon. It's not good for Israel. We discuss. Don't want that. We discuss borders, right? We discuss the Germans uh, allowing the eight hundred thousand refugees in. Obviously, uh, the French a lot of uh, allowed a lot of uh, refugees in as well. Referees in as well. There's a lot of soccer games happening. Uh, you never know when you're going to need a good referee to issue Especially a yellow if they card. Kill them, uh, yeah, and maybe when they field. started doing the terrorist activity in Paris, if a referee would have just uh, you know given them a red card, they would have uh, understood and and uh, you they know, actually ended gotten... the game. They played along the whole. The game ended. 
Yeah, I know the game. Yeah. It was a terrorist. A bombing happened, Saman. I know, but they finished the game. They, they didn't did? stop the yeah. game. The game went on. A yeah. lot of people left the stadium. They're like, what the fuck is going on? They didn't even stop the play. But well, they the stopped a little bit. <laughs> but I think that was <laughs> smart. Paused. I think that was yeah. smart. Because yeah. if you had fucking pa- like freaked out 80,000 people in the stadium, it would have been like a Mecca uh, stampede yeah. issue. Yeah, or that one in uh, England where a whole bunch of people got crushed. Yeah, that would have yeah. been the worst thing to do. Yeah. All right. So the refugee crisis that's happening, why aren't the Saudis worried that people are going to be coming over their borders and doing the exact same thing that happened in Paris? Why aren't these? It's a proxy war. That's why they they would rather have this conflict in Syria and Iraq. A to control their own population, and B fight it somewhere else instead of inside Saudi Arabia. That's why the Saudis are worried. But what is stopping somebody from entering Saudi Arabia? Let's just say you do have a, a, a huge suicide bombing that occurs there. Don't you think that would activate them? And don't you think that would uh, it might. You know, force them See, right, to, to actually well, the, getting, get boots on the ground over there? The priority right now is not to terrorize Saudi civilians because most of them sympathize with ISIS anyway. So they do. Of course. Why same, of course? Same with the Jordanians. That's why you had Jordanian cop. Uh, because it, they're mostly, I wouldn't say all, but majority of the people in Saudi Arabia and in, in Jordan and all those countries, which their governments are allies, are, the population are very anti-Western. They they were they were they supported Saddam. They they were against U.S. invasion in the Middle East and all that. So besides their own governments, they're very anti-Western and so even they the would pe- pick ISIS. They would celebrate a death of a U.S. soldier any day if ISIS did it. And do you think that they celebrated the attacks in Paris? I think a lot of people did. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least if they didn't go out and, you know, set off fireworks and send balloons up in the air in in their discussions, they were like good. They right. deserved it. How long does this relationship last between the United States and the Saudi people? Because, again, responsible for 9-11, uh, they're, they're running out of oil. Well, the, we're, um, well, the oil is not this... a big deal because we're becoming to- totally independent. Like, we, don't, we won't by 2014, I think. Not 2014. 2024, we won't need any gas or oil from foreign uh, nations. But we're selling them a lot of weapons. And that's well, why are we – I mean, why? I mean, why don't we just end this relationship with the Saudis? Well, a lot of people are saying who, it, yeah. I mean, what? common sense says, yeah, you should. Okay, so what what does political sense say? Because political sense is not common sense. Because in this country, pizza is a vegetable. Well, Boeing and these guys lobby, and they're they're against it. Yeah, it's military industrial complex. Right. That's the Saudi Arabia. That's what the Saudi Arabian there relationship is. The fourth is really largest about. military in the world. You know yeah. how many billions of dollars that means? Yeah, we talked about this in uh, part two of our nine eleven series. Yeah, it about- keeps our economy strong. Right. Right. All right. So, what would you like to see happen now? So, we have the Paris attacks. Uh, Europe is on edge. And- I want peace on Earth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I pray for Paris. That's very good. I'm happy that hashtag. you did. Good job, Simon. I'm just saying. <laughs> I want to save the world with hashtags. Yeah. Oh, and we will. Great. I want to yep. put a French flag on my Facebook profile picture and save the world. I know. I've so refrained from making fun of people who put terrorism the has no religion. <laughs> it's very nice of them. Just, what would you like to see the United States do? What would be your per- if you were Barack Obama? You're sitting in the White House right now. I would give the Kurds nuclear weapons. Give well, the Kurds. I news. wouldn't give them nuclear weapons, but I would support the shit out of the Kurds heavily. Now, are the Kurds? I wouldn't give them M16s. I would put like some really smart, intelligent uh, people in there in the field. Expand the number of people we have there. What are, what do we call them now? Uh, uh, 
not supervisors, no. Consultants. Consultants. Yeah, yeah. yeah which is And so give them ridiculous. heavy weapons, give them really good weapons, and just support the shit out of them to go and just destroy them. So you wouldn't mind a Kurdish... And give them the land. You wouldn't mind a Kurdish government set up in Iraq. If the, if the Kurds ran Iraq, you think that that would be... It's inevitable, well- man. If you go... Nor- I've been to northern Iraq. You don't even see an Iraqi flag. They call it Kurdistan. The Iraqis aren't even there. Right. It, the only Iraqis hmm. you see in Kurdistan are the Shiite refugees from from Saddam era who who left Baghdad because they were being prosecuted. And what could be an enticing, uh, you know, um, proposal for the Kurds to you know get these young kids um, that ISIS uh, that ISIS is recruiting at 12, 13 years old, these really these unformed minds, what would be something that the Kurds could do to convince them that their cause is better than ISIS? Because let's be honest. No, the Kurds ISIS, ISIS crushes on social media. ISIS, their murder videos are the best murder Dude, videos I've ever seen. ISIS is fucking rock and it's, roll. They're no rock shit. and roll. They're black. They're death metal. They are yeah. everything that a goth kid wants to be, but they actually give you a gun and allow you to run free and murder whoever you want to, and you don't have the foresight to, to realize that a bullet in your brain is going to end it all in a minute. I would invite them to a negotiation table and talk to them. You would invite ISIS to... No, ben. Okay, that was ironic? <laughs> yes. No, I would... Good God, I, I can't deal with all the irony. The, the, my whole... Call, the, this whole generation is... Your generation is drenched in it, Saman. Mm. That's not right. Mm. What would you do if you're, if you're, uh, if you're a Kurd? How, uh, do you, how do you recruit these oh, young they're Kurds, kids? They're Kurds. First of all, they're fantastic fighters. A lot of people think Taliban and the Afghans were great fighters. They're the shittiest fighters you'll ever see. They'll take a fucking lunch break or go through the prayers and shit like that in the middle of a war. They're mm. like totally fucked up. They hold a gun in the back, like backwards, and they're they're like the worst. But the Kurds are actually very disciplined. They're uh, highly. They're very good fighters. I hear so they're fairly. They're I hear they're fairly secular as well. When it comes to war, yeah, yeah. At home, no. Right. That's why a lot of women are joining the force now because they feel equal to the men. And they're very good fighters. Because they're, they're, mm. when, when it comes to dying, the men treat them well. But uh, it's it's still a very traditional society. You've had a lot of fucking issues with them. They had a lot of, uh, uh, they call it, uh, I forgot the name. Well, of it, are they at the very least reasonable? They are because they're 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 not they're a nas- they're more their cause is nationalism right. it's not mm-hmm. religious okay. they're secular that's more that's right. more what i was asking it's not it's an like, ideology they, it's about yeah. a land they they think they 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 already rule and they deserve is there mm. an existing country there right now that you could compare them to look they already ru- control parts of syria i mean the syrian government has not been there in years neither have the iraqis the iraqis were there to bomb them Fallujah mm-hmm. with the chemical bombs and stuff like that. So they they already see it as their own land. It's just not been recognized on right. the map. But so does, they rule it. So the major argument is they have to find a way to convince people that nationalism trumps religion. They don't religion. have to convince anybody. The, the Kurds are Well, it seems like religion is winning. No, I know. I'm talking about the Kurds. They have to convince who if they want to go and recruit and build an army that could defeat ISIS and stop ISIS from recruiting so many people from all around the world. Uh, no, and I think the you're region, confusing they, something here. The Kurds, the, that's, an, um, that's, an eth- that's an ethnic group. So the Kurds can't recruit people from, like, let's say, Chechnya. Mm. The Chechens are, they're coming together so over the their Islamic that, cause. The right, Kurds so the, are not liked by the, by, the, by the Arabs. So the reason that uh, religion trumps nationalism is because it knows no state Because it brings terrorists knows, together. Well, it brings terrorists together, but it knows no state boundaries, right? It's a fluid. It's, it's fluid. Right. Uh, you know, religion is something that's in your heart, theoretically, that's why they and call not it, on a passport. That's why it's called the Islamic State. 
Right. It's not called like Wisconsin. Mm. Yeah, that's different. That's more Catholic. <laughs> right. So that's why religion seems to be trumping nationalism, and that's why uh, it's more difficult for the Kurds to uh, you know, get as many people on their side because— Oh, the Kurds have the, enough the, people uh, but, on their side. But, they don't, they're not armed well enough. They're, right. Look, ISIS has billions of dollars, has tons of territory, its own system, its own government that's very wealthy, and they have, they have a lot of military weapons. The Kurds don't. The Kurds don't have nearly the amount of money or the weapons that they need to have to fight. Right. But every time we've put them in charge of doing something, they've succeeded. They got Kobani back. They just got another city back the other day. They, they're very good fighters. So, but they're, you can't win it with just AK-47s and shit. They need real, we need to pound these fuckers from the air and also yeah. arm the Kurds on the ground to move forward and just take chunks of it. So we got to wrap it up here, but just I want to foreshadow a little bit. Let's just say the U.S., obviously, and uh, you know the Europeans, the Russians, we all join forces, the Iranians. We kill ISIS. ISIS is gone. What happens to the relationship in that region between the superpowers? Do we have a uh, – do we just – uh, have another war situation happen if if the sure. Russians uh, you know claim Iraq and and we and uh, you know no that's ours I mean what happens it'll Is, be some, I don't know I can't I don't I can't predict the future but it'll be another conflict down the road somewhere else. The history keeps. I mean, yeah. Are we just doomed to be at odds with the Russians forever with just little breaks here and there? Yeah, I mean, they're in competition with us. Well. Yeah. <laughs> They're, so it's like, okay, who wants to be the coolest guy on earth? Ivan Drago should have never killed <laughs> yeah. Apollo Creed. It does kind of come down to, yeah, who's the right. coolest dude? But something, I think people don't understand, things have gotten better. Of course. It hasn't gotten worse. A hundred years ago, we were fucking dropping mustard gas, killing each other in, in the millions. It's just that it's more visible. Yeah. And shit happens like in, in real time on Twitter and things like that. But mm. it's not like people shouldn't fucking panic. It hasn't gotten worse than like, 20, 30, 40. Someone being raped? I just hear someone screaming. It's okay. We'll it's forget. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Is that ISIS next door? It might be ISIS <laughs> next door. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's not time to freaking panic and yeah. fucking just shit our pants. Well, now that I think about it, more like the World War right. thing, like World War One specifically, as complicated as it was, the simple answer Horrible. why World War One happened is a ho- there were a whole bunch of alliances and one alliance in particular got tripped, which led to well, every right. other alliance and getting those tripped countries were very powerful, they were strong, Americans yeah. weren't even fucking considered to be anything right. back okay. then. Okay, going back to the nationalism thing, just really quick, World War One, World War Two, it was nations fighting. Again, now it, this is... A war against? Do you feel like it's a war against a religion? I think. I mean, there it is. Is, yeah. is, is it possible to it's, deny the fact that a war against ISIS, the Islamic State, is a war against religion? And if it is a war against religion in the political correct world that we live in as a country uh, here in the United States, how do we? How can you frame that argument without then getting all the isms uh, blasted your way? It's a war against a militant arm of a religion. Absolutely. Right. Uh, it's not because it's not you're not talking about practicing this shit in your own private personal life at home. It's become an organized armed group based on what they read in their holy book and acting on it. So, yeah, I mean, we, we can't hide it. It's the truth. We're worried about offending people here. But right. if, if you're doing your shit and you're peaceful about it, you shouldn't even be offended. But don't say this isn't what it is because they can sit at a table and argue with you that they're correct and you're not. And that's the problem with religion because it's so fucking vague. You can have any interpretation of it. Right. And 
for any reason, they're all right. So who's to say, actually, maybe we're wrong because so far everyone's praying for Paris and the Lord is listening only to the ISIS part. So <laughs> yeah, maybe we're not getting it. Maybe they're right. Who yeah. the fuck knows? Yeah, their God gave maybe them a big win, Maybe it is win, the end of the world. I should cancel my ski trip. Nah. No, you got to go skiing for the end of the world. That's a good thing to do. Sure. Um, Just saying. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's huh? do it. I think we learned. We solved everything. We're good. I don't think we solved anything. Ben, but we, we solve learned. every time Simon's on. We solve a lot of stuff. We do solve a lot of. Like things. he said, things are getting better. They are getting better, but uh, you know the microscope uh, on on violence is 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 uh, you know brighter than ever, and it, and it, it, is, it and amplifies that's good. violence and more that's than actually ever. The so only positive thing about this because now you know back in the day in vietnam some shit used to go down and you'd hear about it maybe three months later right in some black and white crap or audio now it just happens right then and there where you can react to it it makes much more sense to actually understand what's going on and that's a good thing so the only upside about this whole thing is we're more it shit's more transparent right now and we're closer to it whether we like it or not, we, we feel it and we understand what's yeah. going on. All right. Well, I think we have the strongest military in the face of the planet. There's a lot of Marines Ooh. chomping at the bit uh, to get over into the Middle East and into Iraq and uh, Syria. Those guys are badass. And, and murder like ISIS, them. and I think we should go let them have some fun. Actually, the Marines would be the perfect solution for that shit. Right? Oh, they would they would crush it. That's, that's um, their job. All right. Find Simon or Bobby on Twitter. And, of course, Simon, where can what, – what do you got? You got you got a whole show going on yeah, called yeah, Tablet. Yeah, that's, that's I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, – That's in Farsi. Producing it. Yeah, it's not even important right now. Perfect. Yeah. We'll have other shows down the line. All right. That sounds good. Find Marcus Parks on Twitter and Marcus Parks. Listen yeah. to all the shows that he does. Uh, sex and Other Human Activities and Page 7 and all sex that good stuff. Sex in the City. Sex in the City. <laughs> Something like that. We talk about Sex in the City on Page 7. Cool. Mm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ben Kissel. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.